This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. Here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me on this abbreviated edition of Overtime. We'll take you up to 8.15 before we dish the rock to Caps Hockey. They're on the road in Edmonton taking on the Oilers tonight over on our sister station, the Team 980. You can catch Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football. Big NFC South showdown. Bucks at home taking on Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints. Huge weekend of football uh, in the sporting world this weekend. College, NFL, had a crazy NBA weekend as well. The Commanders, though, of course, leading the news here. They tie against the New York Giants in the Meadowland. Round two, we found out earlier today, will be flexed to Sunday Night Football. Uh, Taylor Heineke, though, in that contest, I thought had the best performance, the best statistical output uh, of the season thus far. Look, the numbers actually make it look better than it actually was. But if you all watched, you know he had a couple of signature moments in that football game, 27 to 41, 275 yards, two touchdowns. He was sacked five times uh, in the in the tie. I almost said loss in the tie as well. Um, he had a fumble. I mean, it wasn't. Look, the offense uh, less than to be desired. Once again, anytime you're only scoring 20 points as a team in the National Football League, clearly you have uh, significant room for improvement. But defensively, once again, you played well enough to win and. It's crazy. It felt like during this stretch of good play, Washington winners is winners is six out of seven uh, going into Sunday's game against the Giants. Luck was on your side. Taylor Heineke had the horseshoe stuck up his behind. But Sunday, it felt like everything that couldn't go your way didn't go your way. The refs weren't on your side by any stretch of the imagination. It was tough. Uh, but all in all, it's a game that we all know. Washington should have won, but it is what it is. They dropped their record to 7-5-1 and one on the season. The loss officially kicks them out of the NFC playoff picture uh, for right now. They are technically in the hunt. They're the first team uh, in line for the seventh seed uh, in the NFC right now. It'll be interesting to see here for these remaining four games how they handle themselves. Uh, Another impactful Sunday, though, in the NFL. Jimmy G out for the year. That changes the entirety uh, of the NFC playoff picture. And Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, Coming off the bench in reserve, knocking off the Dolphins, giving them their first loss since Tua Tungavailoa has been healthy and back in the lineup. It was a slobber knocker, man. That was one of those games where 
it felt like, man, it didn't matter what happened at the quarterback position for the San Francisco 49ers. They're another team that, once again, has an identity, and they're going to stick to it uh, no matter what the scenario is. My favorite game of the weekend, though, Joey Cartier beans Burrow uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals knocking off Patty Mahomes. Burrow just magnificent uh, in the game. He made some big boy throws uh, in crucial moments in that football game. Zach Taylor, though, stones of a giant. Uh, it was a third and 11 situation for the Bengals. They're up three. They're deep uh, in Kansas City territory. And instead of just keeping the football on the ground on the third and 11 and kicking the field goal and you know hoping your defense gets a stop, Zach Taylor keeping his foot on the gas, drops back Joe Burrow and Cartier Beans, man, doing what he does, impact throw to T. Higgins, who had himself a huge day. The Bengals, man, 8-2 and two since, they, since their 0-2 start to the season. They are right now arguably the hottest team in the entire National Football League, and their defense turning Patrick Mahomes over yesterday, making big play after big play after big play. Don't look now, folks. This, this Bengals team going to be a, a team to be reckoned with in the AFC playoff picture. The Buffalo Bills early on in the season and the Chiefs early on in the season felt like they were going to run away with this conference, but Cincinnati right now, a late-season push. Uh, elsewhere around the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles continuing to show why they're the best team. On all the entire National Football League, they boat race the Tennessee Titans. Jalen Hurts, after Sunday, I think, firmly back in the driver's seat as the MVP frontrunner right now in the National Football League. And Philly showed it once again. They are the most complete team in the sport. What they were able to do to Derrick Henry yesterday, the NFL's leading rusher heading into Sunday, absolutely stifled him. The Titans really struggled all afternoon long to get their offense going. But, but Philadelphia, once again, kudos to them, man. They're a group that showed time in and time out, hey, when our backs are against the wall and we must win, we'll do it. I mean, ever since the loss to Washington on Monday night, you've seen this group take another step forward. And Jalen Hurts right now, I've said it already multiple times here in this early open, Jalen Hurts, the clear-cut MVP favorite right now. Going into Sunday, I think there was an argument to be made that uh, Patrick Mahomes, based on the statistical output that he's had, uh, that he was going to be able to be in that race. Joe Burrow, I thought after his performance Sunday, entered himself uh, back in that contest. But Jalen Hurts right now carrying the Philadelphia Eagles on the ground. He's doing it. He made some really big-time throws uh, yesterday against Tennessee. And, and on the flip side, speaking of the Titans, that's a group right now that backs are against the wall. And they're a team that's got a similar formula and, and a similar way to success as the Washington Commanders. They don't have too much margin for error in that offense. They live and die by the running game with Derrick Henry. But if they have to be put in obvious passing situations and Tannehill's got to drop back, we all know it. That offensive line struggles to keep him upright. And then when he is kept upright, he's had the yips uh, over the season. It hasn't been uh, it hasn't been perfect for Ryan Tannehill at all this season. He's somebody that's going to be a free agent at season's end. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what Mike Vrabel and company decide to do with that. One of the weirder games uh, from Sunday, Slate the Touchy Guy. Uh, Deshaun Watson back into the back into the fold right now for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns look meh at best uh, Sunday. They barely beat the worst team in the National Football League, talking about the Houston Texans. I was surprised at the reception that he got uh, being at NRG Stadium for the first time. That was Deshaun Watson's first regular season football game in over 700 days. So to see him back out there, I was It was weird, I'll, I'll say that, because I feel like we've grown so accustomed to him not being a part of this league. I know 
there was a contingent uh, of Texans fans that were uh, not too kind to Deshaun Watson in his return, and that's not something that I'm surprised by. I'm, I'm shocked uh, the way that the whole thing played out. He ends up only serving an 11-game suspension despite you know the allegations that he had against them. But I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see. Washington has to play. Uh, the Cleveland Browns later on down the road, I believe it's in their the game after the Giants, I believe, is against uh, the Cleveland Browns. So they'll, they'll have to deal with, with Deshaun Watson and that uh, Browns pass rush later on in the season. Mike White and the Jets uh, put on a valiant effort against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Mike White started off slow. Two pickles in the loss for Mike White. Throws for 369 yards, though, and Garrett Wilson... Going insane. Ten catches, a buck sixty-two. And I'll say this, although the Jets, you know, ultimately did not seal the deal and win that football game, the Zach Wilson era is over uh in New York as far as I'm concerned. If you heard the comments post game from first round pick Garrett Wilson talking about Mike White, I mean it was a bromance already starting to to grow there in in the big apple, and it's something I look forward to watching as the season goes on. The Jets right now, even despite the loss, still firmly entrenched. In the AFC playoff picture, uh, they got a huge showdown with the, with the Bills coming up here. That'll be interesting to see uh, whether or not they're for real or not. Dallas, though. Dallas Cowboys last night capped off uh, the Sunday slate in prime time against the Indianapolis Colts. One of the weirder games, one of the weirder games uh, that I've ever seen. The final score, I think, to a lot of folks, are going to make it seem like the game was not as close as it actually was. The Indianapolis Colts for three quarters uh, gave the Dallas Cowboys everything they could handle. It was one of those situations where the lack of offensive success ends up coming back to bite the Colts, and they just weren't consistent enough. Uh, Dan Quinn did a really nice job dialing up different uh, exotic pressure packages to get Matt Ryan off of his spot, and we know how limited he is with his mobility. So once they really figured that out, I thought uh, that, that was the key for Dallas on the defensive side of the football. Offensively, though, man, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not sold by what I'm seeing from Dak Prescott in the Cowboys' offense. Right now, we know that offense is as good as Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are. They've formed one of the best one-two punches at the running back position in all the sports. CeeDee Lamb scores a touchdown in his fifth straight game. I think that's really what's, what's changed this Dallas Cowboys offense. But Dak Prescott, it's been interesting. Another turnover. It felt like he's turned the football over in every game since his return. Right now, though, Dallas playing teams that – they can't really make them pay for the mistakes. The inconsistencies of the Cowboys is what really worries me. I do ultimately think once the postseason rolls around, their defense and their running game going to be one of the reasons uh, why they play deep into January. But I don't know, man. They got to get some things figured out here before we hit the postseason. It'll be interesting to see. They got to match up with Philadelphia down the road. Those two right now, talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles, clear-cut best teams right now. Uh, in the NFC. we got to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue to wrap up the weekend that was in the sports landscape, the college football playoffs officially being set. The Terps had a big win Friday night in College Park, and the Washington Wizards got the doors beat off of them last night at home against the L.A. Lakers. We'll recap that for you next. This is 106.7 The Fan, Overtime with Lanelle Willingham. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Young is in charge. Movement, Linnell Willingham riding with you till 8.15 on this abbreviated Monday night edition of Overtime. Taking you up to 8.15 before we dish the rock to Caps Hockey. They're on the road in Edmonton. Taking on the Oilers. I mentioned this Monday night. You can check out Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football. Bucks paying, playing host to the New Orleans Saints. That's over on our sister station, uh, the Team 980. I said it was a crazy weekend in the sports world. I only told you about the football games. Basketball got nuts as well. Last night, the Wizards rolling out the welcome mat for LeBron James in the L.A. Lakers and. Huh, Another embarrassing outing, uh, in my opinion, from the Washington Wizards. They get boat raced at home last night against the Lakers. Bradley Beal only ends up playing three minutes before he, he exited with a hamstring injury. The D.C. family 1-6 in their last seven games after going 4-1 and one without Bradley Beal. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward with that team. The big story, because Washington right now is playing mediocre hoops, the big story last night was Anthony Davis and his performance uh, in the game. He's really turned a corner here over the last two weeks, having one of the best games of his career, 55 points, 17 rebounds, three blocks on 22 of 30 shooting. Lakers rolling right now, and the, and the Wizards ran into a buzzsaw uh, last night. The Celtics continuing to run a rough shot uh, over the rest of the Eastern Conference. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown Going berserk last night, combining for 63 points on 20 of 39 shooting, including 8 of 15 from beyond the arc. So those two really getting to a bucket. The Celtics right now, the clear-cut best team, in my opinion, and not just the Eastern Conference, but the entire National Basketball Association. What they're able to do right now in the chemistry that they've got, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown you know, turning into one of the best one-two punches in all of professional basketball. But Jason Tatum... Right now, as you all know it, the front runner right now uh, for MVP. And I said it the last time I was on here. We are in the golden age of NBA basketball with all the young talent that we've got right now in this league. The Celtics continuing to do what they do, though, man. I expect them to be an extremely tough out uh, in the postseason. Speaking of young basketball teams, the Pelicans off to a good start. They're 15-8. and eight. Jose Alvarado off the bench last night, 38 points, 8 of 11 from downtown in a win over Nikola Jokic 
in the Denver Nuggets. Zion Williamson just casually chips in 25-6-4 and four in their 121-106 win uh, over the Nuggets. The Pelicans going to be a fun team to watch. League pass them. They're one of the best teams to watch right now in league pass. They play fast. Willie Green's got them playing hard and hungry on the defensive end of the floor, and they play with tremendous pace. They're one of the most up-tempo teams in all of basketball. I know they're out on the West Coast, uh, so we don't get to see them a lot here nationally. But, man, the New Orleans Pelicans, man, going to be a team uh, to watch all regular season long. I think before it's all said and done, they'll end up being and finishing as one of the top three three seeds in the Western Conference playoff picture. Uh, speaking of the Western Conference playoff picture, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors are an interesting case study as of late as well. Uh, they've struggled from beyond the arc. Steph Curry, you know, really having to carry this basketball team right now offensively. They're not getting much from the other guys. So the Warriors, definitely someone to watch moving forward uh, as well. Here locally, the Terps had a huge weekend. Big win Friday night in College Park, taking down Illinois. Illinois came into the game ranked 13th in the AP rankings. Uh, They're on the road tomorrow night, talking about the Terps in Big Ten play against Wisconsin Huge, huge stretch of basketball coming up for Kevin Willard's squad. Two huge out-of-conference games at home, though. They take on number 7 Tennessee and number 19 UCLA. Kevin Willard has got the Terps off to a buzzing 8-0 start. And then the latest AP rankings, the Terps up nine spots from number 22 all the way up to number 13. So shout-out Kevin Willard and the Terps getting it done over in College Park. I know Bentley's was probably lit Friday night. Boy, Ooh, I wanted to get out there. Couldn't end up doing it, but... Man, the Washington Commanders, what I want to talk about here when we come back. Got a question for you all out there on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. The Commanders, obviously, you know, disappointing output. Although it wasn't a loss, uh, it wasn't a win. So you can't be too happy for damn sure if you are a Commanders fan. They tied 2020 with the New York Giants. My question for you all is, what did you learn in Washington's tie with the New York Giants? I'll tell you what I think, plus take your calls next. This is The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Youngers in charge, movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with this hill, 8-15 on this abbreviated Monday night edition of Overtime. Brought to you by Burton's Grill. Visit burtonsgrill.com. The new Burton's Grill is open at Kentland's in Gaithersburg, and they have the best, and I truly do mean the best, happy hour Monday through Friday, 3-7 to with $6 cocktails, $7 apps, and you got to try the steak tenderloin sliders. Mm. 
craft cooking, serious cocktails, and always allergy-friendly. Make sure you visit Burton'sGrill.com. Question out there right now on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067 is, what did you learn in Washington's 2020 tie yesterday against the New York football Giants? I'll kick us off here, man. I learned a lot. Uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't too thrilled now that I've had about 24 hours to really decompress and get my feelings together about what the hell we saw yesterday. I don't know, man. This football team, every week, every week it feels like it comes down to the very final play. Every week it feels like you got to throw up before this football team gets its act together, specifically uh, on the offensive side of the football. I mean, there are things going on right now offensively that frustrate the hell out of a lot of people, uh, including myself. But I will say this, though. One of the things that I did learn yesterday is I feel like this commander's offense is a lot closer to being average uh, than we probably give them credit for. We all know right now, and really yesterday specifically, the red zone issues uh, are, are starting to become a major problem for this football team. We also saw yesterday... They had some drive-killing penalties, and that's something that during the stretch of play where they had won seven out of eight, they hadn't had the the, the, the stupid penalties that, that set drives back for you. They, they hadn't been shooting themselves in the foot, and I think we all know it, you know, watching this team this far in the season, when those things happen when, and when those type of mistakes happen on the offensive side of the football, it absolutely kills uh, this group straight up. We saw more negative plays than usual yesterday as well. That's that's what really kind of ha- had me alarmed was the amount of negative plays we saw yesterday. And kudos to the Giants. They did a hell of a job defensively, you know, getting in Washington's you-know-what when, when trying to stop this run game. I'll say this, though. The red zone stuff, I think, really ultimately is going to end up being this team's Achilles heel if they cannot get it corrected, Right. Washington ranked 17th in red zone efficiency under Taylor Heineke, uh, converting 50% uh, of their trips inside of the 20. And for the season, they're ranked 19th. Uh, During the first six games with Carson Wentz, they were ranked 17th. So not a huge difference uh, right now between the red zone offense with Wentz and Heineke. But in the last eight games specifically, they rank 10th in the number of red zone plays being run. Converting right now is the big thing and big issue for this group. Because like I said, offensively, I feel like they're a lot closer to being average than we probably give them credit for. Yesterday, Taylor Heineke has one of his best statistical outputs of the season. And if we really go back and look at it, it might have been his absolute best statistical output of the season. He had the one turnover in there that for some reason he just can't seem to avoid, but yesterday it ends up not killing this football team. But yeah, by far, yesterday was Taylor Heineke's best statistical output. He threw the ball 41 times. That was a season high for him, not even close. And then the big thing for me yesterday that I loved with Taylor Heineke is it felt like every time you needed to make a big play, Taylor was there for you. And I give him credit. I really do. I've been one of Taylor Heineke's harshest critics. I really have. Because I truly do feel like this commander's football team is just a average, just average league quarterback away from being looked at as one of the upper echelon teams in the National Football League, from being looked at amongst the elite. I really do feel that. But right now, 
Taylor Heineke, I, I'm done. I'm done trying to rain on the Taylor Heineke parade. I'm done trying to be negative when talking about the Taylor Heineke situation. He is what he is at this point, a backup. That's it. I can't expect average things from an NFL backup. I can't expect him to play like a starter. I can't, and neither can you. So the next time we talk about Taylor Heineke, and the next time we talk about this commander's offense, let's start praising him for what he's been doing. Because guess what? He's the damn backup. He's a backup. It, it is what it is. He's got this team in the month of December in playoff contention right now. That's better than anything we've had here in a while, it feels like. Ride with him. Taylor Heineke right now made some big-time throws. He also missed some big-time throws. The difference with this football team is going to ultimately end up being, like I said, can they be more efficient in the red zone? The good teams in the NFL don't get down in the red zone and score three. The good teams in the NFL get seven. And that's the difference because the way this commander's defense is playing right now If they can score 24 points a game, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. That's more than enough. I don't even. Can you remember the last time this commander's defense has given up 24 points in a football game? They haven't since Taylor Heineke's taken over. You're getting championship level performance right now out of this defense. And man, I just think it'd be a travesty if we continue to watch this offense not hold up their end of the bargain. Because it's all fine and dandy. You had yards. You threw for 275 yards. You were able to run the football. Yet, somehow you still didn't win the football game. And I've kind of laid it out for you some of the specific reasons why. You can't go one for two in the red zone. You can't miss field goals. And you got to capitalize on the layups when they present themselves to you. The, the drive after Washington, the Washington's first drive offensively, after they stripped Daniel Jones of the football, You need seven points in that situation. That's the difference. That's the difference between Washington and a team like Dallas. They get in the red zone and score touchdowns. They capitalize offensively off of their defense's stellar play. That's the difference right now between Washington and Dallas. From a talent standpoint offensively, if you just look at the skilled players alone, Washington's better than Dallas. The difference, though, between Washington and, in my opinion, the class of the NFC is the offensive line and quarterback. Straight up. And Dallas's quarterback isn't, isn't some elite cat. He is one of the better game managers in all the NFL. But I'm not about to go crown Dak Prescott some elite quarterback. We've seen it time in and time again. Ever since he's come back, yes, that Dallas offense is humming. But how long can they continue to overcome Dak Prescott's mistakes. It's the same situation we're talking about here in Washington with Taylor Heineke. How long can they continue to overcome Taylor Heineke's limitations, Taylor Heineke's mistakes? I don't know. They got close. Got damn close Sunday tying with the New York Giants. I want to hear from you guys on this, though. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Wide open, 1-800-636-1067. You can tweet at me as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Washington, yesterday, goes to 7-5-1 and one on the season after tying with the New York Giants 20-20. to 20. What did you learn 
about the Washington Commanders in their tie with the Giants. I'll keep us rolling here. A nuance right now of this offense that I think is being overlooked and, and something that I noticed yesterday when going back and watching the game over. Yes, this Commanders offensive line has really, really struggled. But I think the backs and tight ends and whoever's uh, the check down option on some of these plays need to do a much better job making themselves more available, right? They need to do a better job making themselves more available for Taylor Heineke to get the football out of his hands. There were a couple of instances where Taylor gets quick pressure and the check down's unavailable for him. They've either got their back to the ball or they've got their back to the line of scrimmage or they haven't gotten out in their route yet. I think knowing the way this offensive line is struggling in pass protection, smart football players, which I know the commanders have plenty of, would say, hey, look, if I'm going and running my route in the flat, let me turn around a little bit quicker because I know how much quick pressure we've been giving up. Let me give myself, let me make myself available uh, for my quarterback right away because we know the way this commander's offensive line has struggled. I said it at the top here, though. Despite the recent results, I really do truly believe this upon watching the game for a second time. This Washington commander's offense is closer to being average than we probably give them credit for. Right now, if they could get better in the red zone and eliminate the negative plays and the drive-killing penalties, this offense is moving the football. Six of Washington's 12 drives yesterday, eight plays or more. So it shows you they're having the ability to pick up first down. They're moving the chains. They just can't derail themselves. And we know it. They don't have much room for error right now. We know they don't. We know they don't. Anytime this Washington Commanders offense gets in obvious drop-back passing situations, we know this offensive line struggles, and we know Taylor Heineke struggles. Straight up. It's who you are. It's the problems you have right now. And you can't fix it. It's too late in the season. You have to do the best you can and elevate the quarterback. That's it. I know a lot of people want to drag Scott Turner through the mud. Scott Turner's doing a hell of a job. Could you imagine how difficult it is scheming things up and scheming guys open the way that he is? despite the limitations that you're having on the offensive line. You saw it yesterday. Guys are getting open. The quarterback must be more consistent, though, straight up. We saw the receiving core for the first time yesterday really come out and play a complete game from all three guys. Talk about Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson. Jahan obviously has the huge touchdown toward the end of regulation to tie the football game up. Finishes with five catches for 54 yards. Curtis Samuel had big catch after big catch. It felt like six catches for 63 yards. Terry McLaurin, though, once again, him and Brian Robinson, it feels like for the last month, have been the heartbeat of this commander's offense. Terry McLaurin having another brilliant afternoon. Eight catches, a buck 05 into touchdown. He was targeted 12 times uh, on the afternoon. This offense is going to go as far as Terry McLaurin and Brian Robinson take them. want to hear from you guys, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet at me as well. At N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Washington. 2020 tie yesterday with the New York Giants. What did you learn in the game, though? I want to hear from you guys. Tap in with me. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Youngest in charge, moving with Linnell Willingham. Riding with you till 8.15 on this abbreviated Monday night edition of Overtime. Following myself, Caps. They're on the road in Edmonton taking on the Oilers. They're struggling as of late. You can catch that at 8.15 following myself. Monday Night Football going on on our sister station, the Team 980. 
Uh, the Saints on the road taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks, another team, Washington, has to be looking at closely here in this tight NFC playoff picture. Speaking of the Commanders, though, trying to take the temperature right now, you guys. After yesterday's 2020 tie, MGM National Harbor Listener Line's wide open, 1-800-636-1067. The question is simple. What did you learn yesterday in Washington's 2020 tie? Offensively, we know it was the best statistical performance from Taylor Heineke all season long. Yesterday also represented another game in which Washington ran the ball 35-plus times. You average 4.6 yards a pop on the ground. Another game in which you dominate time of possession. The formula that's been working for you and causing you to win here over the past month or so worked on Sunday just for some reason you didn't make enough plays. For some reason, it ends up in a tie, and I've already kind of broken down for you all. Offensively, this group must capitalize on the championship-level performance of this commander's defense. Time in and time out, this Washington commander's defense makes plays with their backs against the wall, and it feels like really ever since Taylor Heineke's taken over, the offense just not able to repay the favor on a consistent basis. Like I said, though, defensively, I feel like this group is playing special football. John Allen and Deron Payne, both of them right now, got to be in the all-pro conversation. This clear-cut, the best defensive tackle tandem in all the National Football League. And speaking of Washington's opponent from Sunday, the Giants, Dexter Lawrence and uh, Leonard Williams had a bad tandem uh, them damn selves. They did a really nice job yesterday uh, causing confusion along that commander's offensive front. I want to hear from you guys, though. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well, at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What did you learn yesterday in Washington's 2020 tie against the New York football giants? Let's go out to Kai in D.C. What's happening? What's going on, Kai? What's going on, Lanell? How you doing, uh, man? First time calling, first time speaking to you. Hey, appreciate um, you tapping in with me, brother. Yeah, I'm millennial you just like you, but I agree with what you said about uh, we're a quarterback away, but I believe we're a couple linemen in a corner and a quarterback away. That's it. But my point, my two quick points I wanted to make is, um, do you know who our special teams coach is? Because <laughs> Nate, Nate Katzer. Nate, Nate, well, Nate, it seems like I watch every game, but it seems like on every return, punt return, kick return, we get we get ten to fifteen yards. It's coming back. It's like every it's a penalty on every every return we get that we get positive yards. It's coming back like the one when we was on the thirty six against the Giants because Percy Butler blocked the guy out of bounds. I wonder yeah. do he tell his do he tell the players that if he don't then he needs to be fired because it's like every special teams play is something it's a flag on us and that hurts us every time. And then my last point I want to make is on the last drive when we were at like the 50-yard line, okay, we it's third and 10. Scott Turner, I blame this on Scott Turner. Our money play is not the screen play. We ran the screen play yeah. how many times <laughs> that game before that? Like three to four Bro, times? And this is something that over the past couple of weeks has been an issue. I appreciate the call, Kai. Kai makes an astute point there, man. Washington in this screen game offensively just has not worked and it feels like every damn time Scott Turner calls it, it goes for either a negative play uh, or a short gain. Yesterday, though, in that overtime period, after Curtis Samuel has the big run that he has, Washington on a third and nine situation 
calls the screen. And I think that play call really just encapsulates the lack of trust that offensive coordinator Scott Turner has in this commander's offense right now. You're in a third and nine situation in New York Giant territory with an opportunity to go out and win the football game. And you saw it. They were super conservative in that spot. And that just shows you the lack of confidence and the lack of faith that they have in this commander's offense. It's, I, I still am at a loss for words, man, because every time I really sit back and think about what happened yesterday, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, of course, the fan in me happy that this team doesn't have a, another one in the loss column after Sunday, but you know it. You watched the game yesterday. We even got an extra damn quarter of football. Washington showed for a majority of that football game that, yes, they were the better team. But for some reason, it seems like whether it was against Houston, you know, Washington seems to play down to their level of competition for some reason. The Giants are so limited offensively. There's no reason, no reason the commanders didn't win this game. But it all goes back to it. You must play complementary football in order to win in this league. You must play complementary football in order to have a chance each and every week. And right now, the way that group is playing defensively, I don't give a damn who's under center at the quarterback position. Washington is going to be in each and every game, each and every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever the hell they play, strictly because of the championship-level performance they're getting out of this defense. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Washington, 7-5-1 now after yesterday's 2020 tie against the New York football Giants. From your vantage point, I want to take the temperature of the fan base. What did you learn yesterday in Washington's tie? Let's go to Ray in D.C. once tapping. What's going on, Ray? Hey, everything's great, man. Thanks for taking the call. Yep. Hey, before I share my thoughts, um, man, you were spot on with everything you said. I, I wanted to kind of say something a little detrimental, but I, I wanted to keep it positive. Mm-hmm. And I thought the last caller. Speak your mind, brother. About... Look, this is look. I always say it, man. This is for y'all. It's the people's show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've been a I've been a fan since man since Ken Houston made that stop at the goal line. So, you know, I, I've said plenty of bad in the past, but. But I, there was something that really stuck out I, that I think is positive. And I do agree with the last caller's uh, comment about special teams. I think it's an area we're going to you know, have to tighten up a little bit. But I think otherwise, man, we are, you know, we're short at, at quarterback. I mean, but he's, he's adequate. Like you said, we've got a great defense. I'm going to tell you my comment. And I think that, man, the time is now. Uh, man, who knows what happens next year? Deron Payne may leave. Other things may happen. So I think that we we can make the run this year. And what I – learned yesterday is I was really uh, pleased with that adjustment at halftime. I mean, they were, you know, Saquon and, and uh, the quarterback. I, I 100% Giants. agree, right? Yeah, I, I was really, really intrigued and really appreciated that. It brought me back Joe Gibbs' uh, halftime, you know, adjustment. And so that's an <laughs> important factor we're going to make a, a run because uh, those teams that we're going to play Definitely. going forward are going to really test us. Hey, Ray, I appreciate your call, my man. Ray makes a great damn point because if you go and look at it yesterday – Defensively in the second half, Washington, they already dug their heels in in the first half and really played knuck if you buck in that, that brand of football. But in the second half, it felt like yards were super tough to come by for the Giants, especially in the passing game. Daniel Jones only finishes the game with 200 yards passing. 55 of those come on the deep shot uh, uh, to Darius Slayton. But other than that, Washington 
once again has done a tremendous job defending the pass. And on third down, whenever you're able to hold a team to 4-13 on third down defensively, you did your damn job. Once again, though, it's all going to come down to whether or not this commander's offense can continue to complement this defense. And I'm not talking about going out and scoring 28, 30 points a game. The magic number for me is 24. That's it. If the commander's offense can score 24 points a game, not only not only are they going to have a chance to win every game, they could very well win out. Straight up. We had some big news yesterday that really lended a favor to the Washington Commanders when it comes to the NFC playoff picture. Jimmy Garoppolo officially announced out for the remainder of the season with a broken foot. So the 49ers, they're on your schedule. That game becomes a lot much more easier for you. Your defense getting the opportunity to go up against a rookie quarterback. You would love that situation. If I told you that earlier on in the season that that was going to be the case, you'd sign up for it. So that's a game that I think you should now be expected to win. You saw Deshaun Watson in his first action in 700 days yesterday. Him and that uh, Cleveland Browns offense, mediocre at best. We saw it. And it feels like maybe that may be a blessing and a curse for Deshaun Watson coming back to the Browns. And here's why. When Jacoby Brissett was under center, there was a clear commitment to play through Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now that Deshaun Watson's back in the fold, you saw Nick Chubb touch the ball a little bit less. You saw Kareem Hunt touch the ball a little bit less. It'll be interesting to see Washington has the Browns coming up here in a few weeks, but that game, in my opinion, is a lot easier now because we don't know what the hell this Browns offense is going to look like. Straight up. So right now, yes, we all know Washington played well enough to win. We all know that they should have won that football game. But moving forward, Moving forward, I still think there's plenty of reason for optimism for this group, especially based off of the news that we got yesterday with the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo and then finally seeing Deshaun Watson in regular season action for the Browns. The rest of your regular season slate, to me, just got a hell of a lot easier. And then looking, looking ahead to your Week 18 matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, for three quarters last night against the Indianapolis Colts, they looked mortal. So the remainder of the season here for Washington going to be interesting. We've got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Radio Royalty over in the other room. JR, host of the JR Sport Brief Show, set to join me. We'll talk a plethora of things. We'll talk some NBA. We'll go around the NFL. You know, I got to give JR some, some, some slack about the New York Giants right now. He's somebody who gets played a lot in the, in the great state of New York. Giants and Jets, interesting performances yesterday. We'll talk to JR next. This is the fan. Youngest in charge, movement, Lanell Willingham, riding with you till 8.15 tonight. On this abbreviated Monday night edition of Overtime, Caps in Edmonton taking on the Oilers. That'll be on your airwaves immediately following myself on our sister station, the Team 980. Make sure to tap in with Westwood One's coverage of Monday night football. The Tampa Bay Bucks playing host to Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints. I said it earlier, the Bucks, another team that Washington needs to worry about in the NFC playoff picture. Don't count out Tom Brady yet. They're a group right now that's that whole entire NFC South not really playing good football. But eventually, uh, I think Tom Brady and that Bucks offense going to get things going. JR, my man, in studio with me. What up? You're somebody I listen to on the regular, my dude. So I'm happy to have you in here. Immediately, though, we got to talk business because both of the teams up in New York talking about the Giants and the Jets in the National Football League are uh, in, the, in the headlines a lot. We'll, we'll start with the Jets. Okay. Yesterday, they go out. 
and really give the Minnesota Vikings all they can handle. Mike White able to overcome two interceptions and have a chance at the end to go out and score a touchdown. Do you think the Zach Wilson era is over with the New York Jets? Not quite. I mean, they have so really? much that they've already invested into him. I think at minimum you have to go ahead and at least put him on the field in, in right. training camp next year and say, hey, man, this is it for you. You're going to sink or swim. And so I know from a fan's perspective, if you like the Jets or if you care about the Jets, you look at the team and go, Mike White, Mike, Mike. White. And <laughs> it was a beautiful thing. Typically the game yesterday against a squad like the Vikings, the New York Jets kind of roll over. You don't yeah. think about the Jets as a, as a comeback type team. But they were they were right there. A drop, a, a fourth down conversion. They could have they could have won that game at the end. And and a lot of that is Mike White. Yeah. They're singing his praises through the roof and with good reason. Yeah. Nobody's singing Zach Wilson's praises. So <laughs> even if he doesn't end up back on the field the rest of the year, he's gonna get that chance to sink or swim next year. Right. Are you surprised that Robert Sala, I'll say, had the had the stones to even make the move? Because anytime I can imagine how difficult it was for him going to ownership and management and saying, hey, look, I know we drafted this guy number two overall, but right now this football team can't afford to deal with his growing pains. They got a roster that you know JR is built to win now. How impressed were you by Robert Sala, not just his decision to bench Zach Wilson, but the way he's got this entire Jets roster playing right now? Yeah, I think it's the, the whole roster had his yeah. back with that decision. Everybody, without mentioning his name, was was telling Zach Wilson, yo, like you need to really get it together. When yeah. you have receivers calling you out. Rookie wide receiver. Yes. That yeah, and up and down the roster. Yeah. It, you know, Uzama had to personally tell him, like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I don't think it was a difficult decision for Rob Salah, but you've, if you're Zach Wilson, you notice. Like, you, you're on notice. Yeah. You're on bust notice right now. And he should be on the sidelines looking sad and miserable. <laughs> Take your job back. Like, grow up. Sink or swim. That's the way the world goes. Yeah, it's going to be something interesting to watch. I know fans here locally, because of our ratchet, treacherous quarterback situation, will take anybody with any ounce of talent. We all know Zach Wilson has the ability to make all the big-time throws, but I don't want somebody like that with that type of attitude that he has to ruin the continuity that Washington has. Uh, since we're speaking on him, we'll talk about the commanders. For you, what's obviously the defense is playing well. Outside of that, what do you think has been some of the big reasons why they've been able to turn this thing around after starting off one and four? You know, Heineke is who he is. You have a a, a lot of people who want to see more of him, and, yeah. but he he uh, he's not similar to Mike White. Yeah, but it's an interesting comparison. Yeah. No, but football football is a go out there and get it type of game. Straight up, and and when you have somebody like Heineke who actually goes out there and inspires the rest of the crew. He's bringing energy into the building. You know, I've never seen Carson Wentz bring energy to anything except for maybe uh, the medical tent. Or I mean, a, or it's, a Bible study. <laughs> yeah, it's it, quite possible. So it's it, it's it's Heineke. Yeah, that's what it is. He's the spark there. I'm watching the games and I see how his his body language and his energy it rubs off. It makes people want to play harder because okay, he is who he is. His talent goes to where it has to go, but he is a spark plug. Yeah. On the flip side, with the Giants, they obviously started off red hot and have now you know, lost three out of their last four. What, what's been their biggest Achilles heel over that rough stretch? I mean, I wouldn't call it a, a hot start. There are a lot of those games <laughs> where they just they got by by the skin of their teeth. Right. And for the New York Giants, it's it's basically been a reality check. This yeah. is It's a beautiful thing for the Giants that, that Saquon Barkley is back and healthy, right. probably win, you know, comeback player of the year. 
Uh, you think about Daniel Jones not turning the football over. Yeah. Th- those two are the engines for the New York Giants offense. And yeah. that's not saying a whole hell of a lot when you think about <laughs> You know, Sterling Shepard going down again. They've lost a lot, yeah. No, they, they've lost a ton. Galladay is, has been hurt, has not lived up to the, the contract that David Gettleman gave him. And now you know, people are hoping, and if I was him, I wouldn't go, you know, for Odell Beckham Jr. to, to walk in and, and get back with the team that yeah. drafted him. It's a, it's a pipe dream. This is closer to what the New York Giants are. It wouldn't surprise me if they end up kind of, there's no such thing as 500 right now, but kind of right. smack right there. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, though. Their ability to overcome the injury situation early on in the season was impressive. I believe Fox yesterday during the broadcast, JR, said that they had the most, the best record in one-score games this year in the entire National Football League. So like you said, they haven't blown anybody out of the water, and they haven't played a hell of a lot of playoff teams. We'll continue to skip around the NFCs because I know that's what a lot of but the people at home want to listen to. That's credit to the head coach. Oh, correct. 100%. Because they've had, they've had some some jokers there and, yeah. and, and Shermer and, and McAdoo. They've had some jokers <laughs> coming. This man right. put in, okay, Geno has been doing okay this year. Right. But he put in Geno to spell Eli. And so to actually have a coach that people respect yeah. goes a long way. And that's Dayball. Uh, like, like I said, let's skip elsewhere around the NFCs. Philadelphia yesterday, I felt like had their statement game of the season, doing what they did yesterday against a red-hot Tennessee Titans team. Uh, When they got exposed on Monday night against Washington, people thought, well, the big Achilles heel with this football team is they can't stop the run. They shut Derrick Henry down yesterday. Ryan Tannehill was the leading rusher yesterday for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts playing at an MVP level. Do you think Philadelphia right now should be the front runner, not just in the NFC, but in the entire National Football League? No, I'm not. I'm not going that far. I think in most cases you have to get there and then get punched in the mouth. Yeah, I think it's a rarity that you have a team that has massive success. And granted, okay, they 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 went last year and they barely got in there. Yeah, and so they got punched in the mouth. Are they going to take that next step? It's a possibility. But I would still favor some teams that have already been having quote unquote like a seat at the table. Right. You know, sure. We saw what took place with the Bengals last year. They're Getting cer- hot at the right time. Oh, yeah. They're certainly on fire right now, so I don't think anybody would be shocked if they continue on the roll that they're on. You know, I like what the the, the Niners have been doing, yeah. but now, unfortunately, to the shock of nobody, Jimmy Garoppolo has a, a broken foot. Yeah. And so that, that might push the Eagles above. I'd probably say favorites in the NFC. I'm still concerned about the the Minnesota Vikings and their secondary. Yeah. They, have, they have big names, and, and sure, Patrick Peterson's a vet. You have Harrison – Smith there, but I, I think teams can can throw the rock we around saw, it. I mean, outside of Taylor Heineke, I believe I saw a stat earlier, the last six games for the Minnesota Vikings, the opposing quarterback has thrown for 300-plus yards, so like you just alluded to, the Vikings secondary is suspect. I want to stick on the Eagles, though. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised to hear you say that. What are your like big reservations and concerns about their group playing in January? I think they are teams that are, are more established. Yeah. When I talk about With you, like playoff experience, yes, yes, okay. yes. You have, and NFC, yes. Yeah. I think I, typically I would say the Niners, yeah. but God knows what their quarterback situation yeah. is is now going to look like. But if I have to think about over on the AFC side, yeah. I would still look at someone like like Patrick Mahomes. When I when I think about teams and quarterbacks who who, who win and try to go forward, I'm thinking about comebacks. Yeah, like I'm I'm saying, who am I most comfortable with with an offense that I've seen it over and over again? You know, Tom Brady's going to play football tonight. There hasn't been a game that I've watched from this man over the past almost 20 years <laughs> where it's the end of the game. I'm, I'm expecting him to take you down the field. Right. I haven't seen that 
in the biggest, biggest spot from Hurts yet. That's I, true. I've seen I've seen Mahomes do it when he's not running for his life. Right. You know, I have some confidence that that Josh Allen can go ahead and do it. And so that's why I wouldn't necessarily favor the Eagles in the Super Bowl right now. A, NFC, yes. But am I going to just trump them, put them above uh, the Buffalo Bills or any of the AFC, the Chiefs? No. Uh-uh. So you said you like them in the NFC. So that means you think they're, they're head and shoulders above the Dallas Cowboys right now. I do. I wouldn't say head and shoulders, but the Cowboys, we know what their reputation is. Dallas Cowboys get yep. there. They show up and they do what they did earlier this year, last postseason, I should say. Against the Niners, they 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 lay an egg. They yeah. do, you know. C.D. Lamb, I'm I'm glad that he's been able to kind of turn it up a little bit because for the most part he's been a disappointment. If you have to think about his overall career, Michael Gallup still coming back from the injury. You know, it's it's kind of different to see the Dallas Cowboys not just throw the rock around or right. have a balanced offense like they do, but mm-hmm. to say, okay, here's here's Pollard, here's Ezekiel Elliott, who's gonna go out there and get it? And Dak, Dak is good. I like Dak. But you don't know game to game, situation to situation, are you getting Dak who is going to throw for two touchdowns or three, or are you getting Dak that's going to throw two touchdowns and two INTs? He can be a little bit here or there as to you know how aggressive he wants to be, and sometimes that comes with mistakes. So I'm going to list you a couple of teams off here that are right in the hunt in the AFC playoff picture because there's only about a game and a half separating the 10th spot and the 7th spot out in the AFC. The Jets the Patriots, the Chargers, or the Browns? Which one of these teams, all of them, uh, Jets at 7-5, and five, Patriots at 6-6, six and six, Chargers at 6-6, six and six, and, and the Raiders at 5-7, and seven, Browns at 5-7 and seven as well. Which one of those teams do you expect to potentially get hot here down the stretch and maybe sneak in? Because I'm not buying the New York Jets to make the playoffs. I just think when you look at that offense compared to the other offense that offense that are in that conference, I just think they're a step below. I'd have to look at the the strength of schedule for all of those remaining yeah. teams. You know, granted, the New England Patriots may be in because of they have the best coach yeah. and they have their, their, their <laughs> Well, he's defense. making some damn head-scratching decisions on offense, man. I, I know you saw the clip of Mac Jones yes. from he, Thursday losing, night. Losing his mind. I don't blame which him. Is, 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 if, is, if, Jay, is atypical. Look, if it wasn't, I've heard you say this before as well. Mm-hmm. If it was any other coach outside of Bill Belichick doing what the hell they're doing offensively, we'd be grilling them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, his decision making has, even from his own owner, you think about some of the draft yeah. selections and, you know, people are, are quick to point out now that, oh my God, this is the return of the Browns early version of Bill Belichick turtling Bernie Kosar to have a seat. <laughs> people are thinking about some of the decisions that he makes. I'm still confident that that man knows what he's doing in yeah. comparison to everybody else in the league. Uh, to be honest, those teams that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. I'm not all that concerned about whether they get in or not because they're going to get punched. Yeah. Even a team like the Chargers? Who, the the Chargers are, are, are choke artists. We can go back We've to – We've seen it. They, 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 they want <laughs> They they can they it still seems like Anthony Lynn is is running the show. You yeah. you took one guy out, now you have Staley in there. I'm not I'm not confident in the Chargers. They were supposed to have an awesome defense this year. Their wide receivers, I don't know if if you can catch a hamstring like a cold, a hamstring injury, <laughs> but it's like how is everybody hurt? But yeah. this is also the same team where the quarterback got a needle in the in the lungs. So I mean I don't know what the Chargers are doing in Los Angeles, but I have no hope. Herbert, I hope that he is not a guy who, you know, throws for 5,000 yards one year and, and throws you 35 and everything crumbles around him. But for the early part of his career, that's that's typically what it is. 
uh, abbreviated show tonight, but something I'll definitely talk about tomorrow, uh, 6.30 to 10 right here on The Fan. Deion Sanders. Yes. Leaving Jackson State, going to a Power 5 school in Colorado. You've probably seen the reaction on Twitter. I, I can't wait till tomorrow night to go off on this. Some of them, our people, man, we can't. What the hell did, what do we expect him to do? He was at Jackson State for how many years? Three, four years? Three. How long was he supposed to stay there? I think I saw a tweet earlier that I completely agree with. It's on the next person to come in there, the next person that's high profile like Dion, to come in there and continue the tradition to keep things going. He made the best move for himself and his family, and I can't get mad at that. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not I'm not mad at him at all. But there is an element of it that is disappointing. You think about how big he 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 elevated the situation. Mm-hmm. We don't know what what comes next. Right. I don't know what the succession is. I find no problem with anybody going to do whatever makes them happy. Right. The man is making approximately what thirty million dollar contract. I think I saw that six million annually. I think. Yep. Yes. That 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 he's going to make and his all types of ridiculous bonuses. Did he leave a succession plan so they can still have success, or did he just leave? I mean, knowing what we know about Dion, though, you don't trust him to do that. You don't think that was something that he thought about? I don't know anything. That's true. We don't. We haven't had details come out yet. But I saw uh, when he did his sixty minutes interview earlier in the season, I believe he talked about how important it was to make this move for not just himself, but the coaches on his coaching staff who are doing a hell of a job and are a part of that turnaround at Jackson State and getting them paid. So I look at it as a move that people are going to say it's selfish, but I agree with you. If there is no succession plan in place, I do begin to worry about, you know, if yeah. his head was in the right place making yeah. this decision. And and this was this was a question from when he took the job. Right. Everybody wondered, hey, how long are you going to stay? Are you going to stay? Are you going to leave for a bigger job? So this is not a big shock or surprise at all. So I'm not disappointed in him that he went ahead and, and took this job in a, a higher profile. Right. And you're going to have a bigger budget. But for all you talked about what you were doing for the community, was it just, hey, I did this for y'all, now y'all be happy? Right. Or did you actually do something that has some long-standing legs after you leave? It'll be interesting to watch moving forward, man. What you got on tap for tonight? Oh, man, obviously we're going we're gonna to talk about Deion Sanders. We're going to wrap up Monday Night Football when it concludes. We're going to talk about a, a lot of these quarterback injuries that took place yesterday. Baker Mayfield getting a boot. Yeah. And that so was crazy. There's a there's a lot to get into. So tonight, CBS Sports Radio, the JR Sport Re Show, same old, same old. We're gonna have some fun. Let's do it, my man. This was an honor. Uh, follow this man on Twitter at JR Sport Brief. You can check him out Monday through Friday, ten to two. Ten to two. Ten to two a.m. Nationally, you can catch him here on the fan as well. I appreciate you giving me some time, my man. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Good to do it in person. We got to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll put a bow on tonight's show. I'll tell you the number one thing I learned. From week number 13 in the NFL. Don't go anywhere. This is the fan. Big thanks to JR of the JR Sport Brief Show hopping on with us, giving us the national perspective on not just the Washington Commanders, but the entire National Football League. One final segment here on this abbreviated edition of Overtime before we dish the rock to our coverage of Caps Hockey. They're on the road in Edmonton taking on the Oilers. If you don't want to listen to Caps Hockey, guess what? Our sister station has got you covered as well. Monday Night Football, Westwood One's coverage on the Team 980. They just got started about a couple of minutes ago at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Bucks playing host to Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints in a game that, for Commanders fans, you should be pretty invested in. The Bucks, another team right now in this NFC playoff picture that's right on your heels. They're actually the team that is directly under Washington right now. So if for some reason Washington has a slip-up here in the standings, the Bucs could be the team uh, that can end up getting in. And on the on the flip side, 
moving forward here for the rest of the season, Commanders fans, we got to root against the GOAT. I know, though, in my heart of hearts, though, that Tom Brady is going to hadn't happened yet. It might not happen tonight because for some reason, uh, whenever ever since Dennis Allen has gotten there, uh, even as the defensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints, they've given the Tampa Bay Bucks fits. Uh, so I don't expect this to be the game where Tom Brady gets back and gets right. But down the stretch here, the Bucks schedule super interesting, and I I do think they've gone unnoticed and gone under the radar. They finish up the season. Right now, they're at home against the Saints. Next week, they're on the road against the San Francisco 49ers, obviously, minus Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they take on the Cincinnati Bengals at home. You know, Joey Beansboro right now and the crew playing out of their mind. Then they finish up two out of their last three on the road. They're at Arizona on Sunday night football. Then on New Year's Day, they take on the Panthers, who they lost to earlier in the season. And then they finish up the season on the road against Cordell Patterson and the Atlanta Falcons. It's going to be interesting to see how Tom Brady and the Buccaneers finish down the stretch. I said here in this final segment, I'll tell you my number one takeaway uh, from week number 12, week number 13, excuse me, in the National Football League. My number one takeaway from this Sunday's action is, man, yes, the Philadelphia Eagles right now, to me, the clear-cut best team in all of football. But in the AFC, this thing's going to come down to the wire. And things are getting super, super unchy right now. We saw Thursday Night Football last week. Josh Allen and the Bills put together a good performance. After Sunday's, after season's end, or after Sunday's last game, uh, the Bills now in sole possession of first place in the entire conference. But, man, Cartier, Joey Beansboro, and those Bengals, man, something about the Bengals I just feel like, man, they're hot right now. And the beautiful thing about it is it's not just all led by the right arm of Joe Burrow. This defense is making good plays, making big plays when they need to. They were able to turn Patrick Mahomes over a couple times yesterday. Defensively, they're giving you a shot right now in every game. Straight up. They forced the fumble on Travis Kelsey. Anytime you're able to hold this Kansas City offense to just 24 points, Patrick Mahomes held under 250 yards passing. I mean, uh, defensively, yesterday, you did everything you needed to do if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. And what's more impressive about it is yesterday, going into the game, you thought you were going to have your starting running back in Joe Mixon. He was unable to clear the concussion protocol in time. So he has to sit on the bench. We all know how big Joe Mixon is to the success of this Bengals offense. But the former Washington commander, Samaj P. Ryan saying, hold my beer. I'll show you that, hey, look, Joey, get your hair right. I'll hold us down offensively. Samaj P. Ryan, have a day. 21 carries, 106 yards, he averaged five yards a pop. It just got it done on the ground when he needed to. Tough, physical, nasty running. And anytime you're able to run for over 100 yards and your longest run of the day is only 10 yards, that just shows how over four quarters, Samaj P. Ryan began to lean on this Kansas City defense. For four quarters, Samaj P. Ryan imposed his will against this Kansas City defense, and it was uber impressive to watch. Something else I was impressed by yesterday with uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow and his ability to evade pressure and create uh, off-schedule plays. I mean, it was, it was truly amazing to watch. A 
11 carries for 46 yards yesterday for Joe Burrow. That's a career high in both of those statistical categories. So Joe Burrow uh, showing that he's well removed from that ACL tear that ended his rookie year. He's in good health right now. And he's got this Bengals team playing just as well as anybody in the National Football League. Down the stretch for the Cincinnati Bengals, it's going to get interesting because they're right in the thick of this thing. It isn't a foregone conclusion that the Bills are going to win this thing. Talking about the entire AFC conference. In week 17, the Bills uh, go on the road to take on the Bengals. That'll be a huge matchup. We just looked at the, the Bucks schedule down the stretch. Let's look at the Bengals schedule down the stretch because this is uh, this is tougher sledding than I thought it was. I'm not going to lie. Next week, they're at home against the Cleveland Browns in an AFC North battle. That's a game where I think their defense will continue to show just how good they are. Uh, having to slow down Deshaun Watson and that Browns offense who really need to just, I said it earlier, they need to just go back to running the damn football. Deshaun Watson looked a mess on Sunday. I know, obviously, you have to give him time to get reacclimated uh, with this offense and with this football team, but right now, based off of what we saw Sunday, the Browns offensively are, are, are as pedestrian as they get, and they might have been better with Jacoby Brissett in there. They play the Browns this Sunday. Then the following Sunday, they're on the road uh, against Tom Brady and the Bucks. The following Sunday, they're on the road against the New England Patriots. Then they finish out their season at home against the Baltimore Ravens. In between the Patriots and Ravens game is that huge showdown with the Buffalo Bills at home on Monday Night Football. I mean, I I cannot wait. We've already been, been treated with a stellar NFL season so far through three weeks. So much parity in the league. It doesn't seem, outside of the Texans, it doesn't seem like there's just a flat-out terrible football team this year. And it's been fun to watch, man. I, I fully expect the Bengals, though, to continue to get better as the season rolls on, and we've already seen it. Uh, defensively, though, like I said, that's really the area where I've been most impressed with Cincinnati. This is a group that we all know is known for their high-octane offense and is known uh, for their ability to push the football down the field with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But, man, what they're doing right now on defense is uber impressive, and I think of all the wins on Sunday, Philadelphia's big blowout win against the Titans, uh, the 49ers' big win against Miami. I think the Bengals win at home against the Kansas City Chiefs by far the most impressive showing Sunday from all the teams across the National Football League. The ability to hold Patrick Mahomes in that offense at just 24 points. You hold Mahomes to under 250 yards passing. You're able to force a turnover. I mean, this Bengals team, man, they spent money shoring up their offensive line, and right now it sure as hell looks like this group is poised to be contenders uh, in January and February, and I expect them to go far in the postseason. I don't think there's anybody that they should be scared of uh, necessarily. That's going to do it uh, here for this abbreviated edition of Overtime. Caps Hockey is coming up next. They're on the road taking on the Edmonton Oilers. If you want to catch Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football, make sure to tune over to our sister station, the Team 980. I'm back with you tomorrow night, 6.30 to 10, on an extended version of Overtime. We'll have Ava Wallace of the Washington Post join the show to talk about the Wizards, and we'll talk to David Harrison, co-host of the Locked On Commanders podcast, to recap Sunday's tie against the New York football giants. It's the youngest in charge, Wilbur Linnell Willingham, Signing off, make sure you give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.